And I'm going to share it with my uh, social media. Cookie, do you have social media? I do, yes. I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Why don't you share? So why don't you get on the team and share something, Cookie? What, you, like share it on my personal account? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you do that? Are you, are you not I mean, proud of the it, uh, work I mean, that's done here? Facebook's going to be a bunch of pro wrestlers, but yeah, sure. <laughs> don't you think they'd like to know what's going on? I'm sure there's some Greenville wrestlers out there, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're one of them, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like I'm one of the only ones. I think I know one other independent wrestler from Greenville. This is just, this has gotten into, we've gotten in the weeds with Cookie. I knew this was a bad idea with Cookie. Dude. All right, I'll shut up. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Don't uh, don't be so harsh on yourself. You've Cookie. beaten him down you. mentally. No, Cookie's a big, big, uh, big Cookie guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben is broken down, and boy, this takes some doing. Uh, all of the projections of the uh, where the Pirates would go bowling. I had to jump through some hoops for some of these. You no, you think- did. This is this is something. You would think some of these guys would want people to see their uh, bowl projections, right. but no. You have right. to click two or three different links on their website. Well, it's cl- yeah. that's the point, to click through it, to click through it. Sporting News is Bill Banter has the Pirates in the Boca Raton Bowl against Middle Tennessee. How about that? Okay. How about that? Not the most exciting that- matchup, but I'll, I think it's a favorable one, dare I say. Well, there's a little bit of history there. Uh, Rick Stockstill, who used to be in Greenville's assistant, has been linked to this job numerous times uh, as a candidate, historically, um, is the coach at Middle Tennessee. Plus, they beat the U this year. But, I mean, who hasn't at this point? Look at you. Yeah. Hey, this is why you're the host. The little ECU ties there. I would have never even known that. Yeah. Well, pull up the learning tree, boys. Uh, Collegefootballnews.com. I didn't even know this existed, Ben. They like the Pirates on December 27th, Birmingham, Alabama, versus UAB. Ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, this one was a little uh, head-scratcher here, but I uh, I threw it in there. College football news, pe- some people like it. Some gotcha. people, Yeah, some people reference uh, it. 247 Sports, and this is – oh, they have other writers. Brad Crawford. Go ahead, Steve. December to I knew it. December twenty third, Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Wouldn't it be bad to win eight or nine games and go to Shreveport two days before Christmas? Yeah, that would not that would not be fun at all. That would be against Army. Uh, Cookie, do you have any thoughts on any of this, or are you just kind of? Uh, I don't know. I liked last year the Liberty Bowl. I actually had tickets to it, and I was really disappointed. Well, it was well, the military. It was the military bowl. Oh, so you'd have been yeah, going sorry. to the wrong bowl game, right? But I, I'm sure you enjoyed last year's milita- uh, Liberty Bowl matchup. That, you know, that's fitting for Cookie. He buys tickets to the wrong bowl no, game. I, I, I just misspoke. I meant the military bowl. He probably showed up. It's like, where's the Pirates? Oh, it's canceled. They have this these two other teams that are, are filling in for <laughs> right. him. Right. Uh, big game boomer. December 22nd, Armed Forces Bowl, Fort Worth, Texas against Kansas. That's interesting. That is interesting. Ooh, that would we, be quite We beat a another Big 12 team or another – you know, we've beaten a couple going to the Big 12 teams. Why not beat another Big 12 team? Uh, our guy, Brett McMurphy, Action Network, has mil- the uh, Pirates of the Military Bowl December 28th, back going back to Annapolis against Pittsburgh. Ooh, that would be a that would be a pretty good win there against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, not the uh, Pittsburgh of last year, but still a tough team. 
Uh, ESPN, Kyle uh, Bonagora and Mark uh, Schlebeck. Close enough. Schlebeck has they could them. Come up with fake names for, for these guys. Yeah, you got to come up with pen names. Kyle Lewis and, and Mark Price. There you go. There's these are new names. December nineteenth, uh, Schlebeck has them in the Mil- the Myrtle Beach Bowl against FIU. Oh, it's interesting. And uh, Bonagura has them in the Armed Forces Bowl, Texas Tech, December twenty second. Uh, Athlon and Steve Lassen. The military bowl against Pitt. So a little consensus there. USA Today, Eric Smith. December 17th, the Fenway Bowl versus Duke. Ooh. Pro Football Network. Who knew? Oliver Hodgkinson. Myrtle Beach Bowl against App State. Oh. Hey, you don't I know you don't like that one at see, all. See, I would love to see that. I think that would be a great game. Pro parts. I'm taking. Could you imagine? Now. Could you imagine just though dealing with their fans though, guys? Two rowdy fan bases. I love it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it would be a war. There would be fights in the parking lot. I'm all for that. Oh come on. Listen to you two. Two clearly don't have things like mortgages and wives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good on that one for a while. I think. <laughs> Oh, I know you are. You 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 kind of insulted my wife this weekend, but that's okay, Cookie. Whoa. That's fine. Whoa. No, who, that's fine. Who enjoys visiting their in-laws? That, oh, that's all boy. Oh, we're carrying this over to the show. Jeez. I enjoy every moment I can spend with my wife's family, Cookie. Well, that's Thank very you. commendable and respectable of you. So, uh, out of those bowl games, uh, you know, the thing is, I just think... I think the pre-Christmas stuff is a bit of a tough sell. And uh, even though I think politically there are some winds of change in the country, it's still going to be a little rough, uh, economically speaking, in the fourth quarter. Oh, absolutely. Fortunately. And so I just, you know, <sighs> there's positives to all of them, and there's certainly drawbacks to all of them. But I, I just historically pre-Christmas for anybody, pre-Christmas bowls are really, really tough. There aren't a ton of after Christmas bowls there. And uh, you know, Myrtle Beach is there's some proximity. There's there's some uh Florida chatter going on out there. I think Myrtle Beach the Myrtle Beach Bowl is probably the best case scenario for Pirate fans in terms of, you know, saving. But if your ECU's money won eight or nine games, I mean, yeah, no, I, you're right as far as that goes. But if yeah. they've won eight or nine games, yeah, you ain't going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. You would like there to be a bigger reward than Myrtle Beach, and I don't know how people do that. Like tonight, the college football playoff is coming out. Uh, the college football playoff uh, standings are coming out, or poll is coming out, rankings, and there's a lot of, um, you know, conjecture among our friends of the triangle sports media in particular who say, Oh, well, this doesn't matter. And I think it's a, it's a TV show. So I have no problem with it. Cause I like, I like TV shows by and large, but I do think that there is probably, um, that is a snapshot of like, what is right now. It's not projecting what it's going to be. It's like, here are the rankings right now. And I wonder how many of these bowl games are, you know, if the bowl game started, if we were doing a bowl game this weekend, this is where they would go. But in a way it's not, 
But you got to think too that ECU, the ECU is at least going to have they could have as many as four more wins. Which obviously, if that happens, that really propels them to going somewhere pretty good for a ball. One would think. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I couldn't say this in previous seasons, but uh, with this team and looking at the upcoming schedule, there's not a game I'm looking at right now where I don't feel like they're. Uh, it's out of out of the realm of possibility for us to win. I think every game is absolutely winnable moving forward on the schedule. Right. So, yeah, I mean, when you say we can have three or four more wins, I mean, absolutely. I think that is that is a likely scenario, just in my mind, at least in my opinion. I don't I, think I that's expect a tough that. task at all. Yeah, and here's the thing. To get to the – four more wins would be – in what would be – prior to a bowl game would be winning the conference championship. Yeah. But you got to get there and there's a little bit of you control your own fate, but then you've got to have UCF lose to somebody again. Cause you would be theoretically under that scenario, you would beat Cincinnati. Uh, so you'd have to have UCF, somebody knock off UCF. Now they play Tulane November 12th. So that could happen. And they've got Memphis this weekend. On the road. Those are two tough teams. Could happen. Yeah, two tough teams. Yeah. But then they they host Navy and go to South Florida. Oof. So you would think they're probably favored in three of those. But you would think going to Memphis could be tough because Memphis is kind of playing for making a bowl. They're four and four right now. They're always competitive. I'll, I'll give them that much. Yeah, absolutely. So you would think. All right. Um. We got a ton of cuts here. Plus, we got Blake Harrell on the show today. Uh, some programming for you. Donnie Kirkpatrick tomorrow will join us here on the PJ show. And we'll have uh, Coach McNeil, Kim McNeil, uh, comments from her coming up and some of the players from Media Day, but we'll have uh, her on Thursday, it looks like, Ben. So I think I, nice. I think I'm going to end up being on the show Thursday and then Friday and then a bunch of shows next week are yours because of Personal and, and other reasons. Work reasons. I'm not just taking off. But yeah, no, I don't think anyone's uh, accusing you of that. Busy man. Well, I, you know, I, well, you work for the on. mothership sometimes. Sometimes. All right. Um, let us grab a break. Anything else, boys, that we uh, need to discuss before we totally uh, roll out to break here? I got a dad cool. joke. All right, let's move on. We'll come back with uh, more of the Patrick Johnson Show and a pirate report right after this. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. Ah! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 943 The Game. Forgot to mention, uh, Todd Leip announced he was uh, stepping down from the uh, Aiden Grifton football program today. Coach Leip, uh, good guy, known him a long time. Kind of told me in confidence before the season that he thought this might be uh, the last year coaching, at least as a head coach. Um, good guy. I, I think he does want to teach some more, which is a good thing. 
Coach Leip's a good man, and uh, I like the Aiden Grifton folks a lot, so I hope they're able to uh, get a good hire. Should be able to. We'll see. They are a uh, it's a place I, it's growing, growing part of the county, so see how that uh, helps. It's all about numbers. and uh, But anyway, Todd Leip, a good guy. I know he, he occasionally listens to this show. I know he listens in the morning. So, uh, Cookie, uh, Cookie Pouch, do you notice this, Ben? What? Yeah, he is kind of a crybaby. Yeah. By the way, hey, Ben, we forgot to, to do a hey, Ben today. Hey, Ben. <laughs> mic drop. It sounded a little off mic, but that's okay. Um, Cookie's a little bit of a powder. So he pouted when I blew by his. Well, his well even listen to him right there. Listen to him right there. What? Yeah. Yeah, you little baby. So, I, whoa, thank you, Ben. I <laughs> thought, uh, I th- so Cookie, go ahead and tell your dad joke if you want to, and then we've we've got other things we got to get to here. Today. Okay, what do you call a can opener that does not work? I don't know. What do you call a can opener that does not work? A can't opener. <laughs> what you didn't like that? I mean, it's a dad joke, but so by nature, it's you know. They're not funny. Y'all are haters, nature. man. That, that, that's what y'all are. I hope somebody didn't just drive off the road right then because they were so just bored or cringing. I, cringing so I, bad. I, I will say his dad jokes go, that was a pretty good one. I'm thank not going to lie to you, you, Cookie. That was a pretty good Now, what is your obsession with dad jokes? Because you obviously have something against a family. I got immature humor. You've displayed that. Well, no, immature humor wouldn't fall under the realm of dad jokes. Do you just like jokes? No, they're so bad that they're funny, though. You've got a birthday coming up. Would you like me to get you a joke book? Is that what you're asking for? Uh, maybe not a joke book. I don't know. Yeah. You, you definitely got to give me a book? gift. I don't know about that, but I, I can get you a joke book if you like, because if you like jokes, we'll, we'll come up with something. Give me like a right? Bojangles coupon or something. Is that, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Maybe a McDonald's because you're a clown like Ronald. <laughs> Good one. That was my dad joke. Cookie's laugh is good. All right, uh, enough of the silliness. Let's do. Uh, by the way, there was no World Series game last night. Did you know that, Ben? Oh man, I I can't believe it. This is Jeez. the fourth time that the Phillies have been in the World Series. Is it in the is, last? Is Aaron Judge playing? Thirty years. Hmm? Is Aaron Judge playing? Was he there? No, no, he was. Was not he there? there? They didn't. No. All right. Well, I guess they, it doesn't matter. Fox actually was showing at one of their TV shows last night. And I'm surprised they just didn't break in with just the, a montage of Aaron Judge highlights, to be honest with you, of home runs this year. But um, they uh, have the Phillies have been in the World Series four times since 1992, so over the last 30 years. And each time, Game 3 has had some kind of rain. It's either caused the delay or last night rained out. That odd? It's a bit of a strange anomaly there. It must rain this time of year in Philadelphia. That's what we're learning. All right, uh, let's do today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Inside ECU Athletics with Mike Houston last night from Logan's Roadhouse. You heard it here on 94.3 The Game, the Halloween edition. Coach Houston says the team played a complete game in their victory at BYU last Friday. You know, in the first half, when we were 
uh, you know, struggling to get some stops defensively. I felt like every time BYU scored or did something to grab the momentum, our offense responded and, and came right back and, and countered and got the momentum back for us. And I think the same thing kind of happened in the second half where, you know, when we got stopped a few times offensively, our defense time and time again, especially in the fourth quarter, got the big stops to get the momentum back and get the ball back to our offense. So I just think that that was a game where it was just such a complete game uh, from everybody. And it's just, you know, the bond that they have in that, lo- in that locker room that we've talked about so much that is just, you know, so incredible. So it's just, I think the players are just, you know, they are just, you know, fighting their tails off every week and giving us a shot and just uh, what an incredible win. Coach Houston says uh, that everybody on the uh, team right now for the Pirates are on the same page. Well, I think it's 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 a mark of a team late in the year that's really gelled offensively, uh, and our offensive line and and Holton and the the receivers and running backs are just all on the same page and operating together so well uh, that you know they're 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 executing at a very high level most of the time. And uh, Coach Houston, a uh, couple cuts here, uh, several, in fact, on Keaton Mitchell. Uh, let's uh, see. Coach says the, the, uh, the Keaton Mitchell capitalized on the holes created by the guys up front. You know, we had a healthy Keaton Mitchell Friday night, and he made them pay. And that was, that was the big thing. And, he, you know, time and time again, uh, you know, our, our line gave him room to run, and he did a great job of capitalizing on that. And coach elaborates on what makes Keaton Mitchell such a great player. He's got that combination. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's really put together now. He's he's a strong, athletic guy, and he has that breakaway speed. But the thing the thing is, lots of people have breakaway speed, but he's just the, the shiftiness, the balance, uh, his ability to see the cuts, his vision. Uh, I just I thought he was at his best Friday night. And uh, now Coach Houston on uh, the decision to go for it on fourth and eight, which um, drew the uh, penalty and uh, basically led to ECU kicking the game winner. A million things going through my mind. The, the, the biggest thing, though, was with 40 seconds left, yeah, you could, you could punt it back to them. Uh, and if you do that, you're just saying, okay, we're playing for overtime. And, I, and that's what you're doing. And I just I, – I told myself before the game, just that is a tough place to win. Uh, they're a good football team. I knew we were going to have to take some chances. And I just thought we have the ball uh, in our hands right now, and we have been so good on fourth down this year. Yes. Uh, we're in plus territory. And I thought, you know, if you want to win this football game, go ahead and win it. And Houston says the defense stepped up the entire second half. Yeah, they did. Now, it, it was – I'll tell you what now. It's, you know, when you, when you look at these teams that are transitioning to the Big 12, I mean, BYU certainly has the fronts on both sides to, to, to be prepared and be successful in that conference. I mean, they, they are pro- that's probably the biggest and most – probably the biggest and best offensive line we faced this year. So, uh, yeah, it was a challenge. And, 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 and to their credit, they did a great job in the first half of establishing the run. Uh, and, you know, we struggled to fit some stuff. Some of that was because of the speed of their big guys. Uh, and we overshot some gaps and, you know, we didn't you know, fit things just perfect. And they, you know, they had us on our heels a little bit in the first half. But I really thought after the first drive in the second half, I thought our defensive kids really settled down and played fantastic for the duration of the second half. You know who's been uh, fantastic this year has been Isaiah Winstead. He has had a 
a great year, and I don't feel like we give him enough uh, props. We do on the pregame, but on this show, I, don't, I just don't feel like we give him enough props. Probably the most underrated pirate on this team so far. I, I, I would agree with you. So this is Isaiah Winstead. Uh, he was on the program last night. He kind of talks about his journey in football before becoming a member of this team. Uh, out of high school, I didn't really have too many um, offers. I had like two D1 scholarships. Um, coach Scott, he coached on the staff too. He was uh, the head coach at Norfolk State. So uh, at like halftime in one of my playoff games in high school, he had offered me, um, and I decided to go there with my quarterback from high school. And then um, as the year, I did two years there, and then I wanted to go like to like a bigger stadium like bigger audience uh more exposure and stuff so i ended up going to toledo and uh i ended up transferring from there for other reasons how about he got uh he got an offer during halftime how about that that's pretty all right awesome. uh, that's gonna be quite that's a game. pretty good that's it he must have he must have been showing out all right uh isaiah winstead on the transition from toledo to ecu yeah so it ain't really too bad because you know i've been in college for a little minute now so um, the transition ain't bad, but learning the plays was definitely the hardest. <laughs> I bet. That was definitely the hardest. And Isaiah Winstead on why he's been so successful this season. Just consistent hard work, you know, um, taking care of my body and all the stuff like off the field. And uh, I feel like, you know, I've always been ready for this moment. I've always been, you know, doing the same thing. It's just the opportunity presented itself, and I'm able to capitalize on it now. I want to get in some uh, of Kim McNeil's press conference from yesterday. Uh, Philip, uh, the ref Pilkey, did covered it for us and did a really nice job. Uh, it's all over our social media. Good comments there. Uh, a little disappointed that we didn't get to hear from my my yesterday, uh, but uh, my rejoiner. But uh, anyway. Um, I've talked to her a couple times in the preseason here, and uh, she's she's coming along very very well. Had a nice uh, game in their scrimmage, those you know super top secret scrimmages that nobody's supposed to know about. Uh, but um, anyway, Coach McNeil, uh, let's listen to a little bit of her opening statement as uh, they'll open the season Monday against South Carolina State. They've been working extremely hard. We've been here since June twelfth, and. Um, anxiously waiting for next Monday. Um, we've had some, some good days, we've had some bad days, but I think the thing that's very clear and very obvious with this team is that we're closer. Um, and so we're always working on that chemistry. And I feel like the reason why we're closer is because we've got some, a lot of young ladies that have been here for a while and we've had a lot of opportunity to develop um, relationships, not only on the court, but off the court as well. And, that's extremely important to me, um, our culture. If you see on the back of our practice jerseys, we have culture, our family, um, our chemistry. Uh, we work on that on a daily basis. And, you know, we talk about life and we talk about things that, you know, have absolutely nothing to do with basketball, but will help our chemistry and grow together. And the thing we've really been preaching is just, you know, it's not about a one individual person. It's not about me. It's about ECU women's basketball and, and how we come together to, to move this program forward. And, I'm extremely excited about what I've seen thus far on any given day. Um, somebody can stand out and do some different things, but everybody understands their role, I think, better this year. Coach McNeil on the different mentality on offense and defense. You know, I think it's different. You know, a lot of teams, you know, when they aren't doing well on the offensive end of the floor, it tends to um, take effect on the defensive end. And, and we've done that in the past. Um, but it's, 
now I'm trying to get us to, to slow down on the offensive end of the floor. You know, defensively, you want to give all the energy. You want to dive on the floor. You, you want to be, you know, all over the place. But then when you get down on the offensive end of the floor, you, you got to take your time, take a deep breath, execute, wait on screens, set, you know, set good screens. And so that's something we've been, wait, been working on. I feel like we've been trying to play too fast. Um, and so trying to slow down and really execute and let the offense create um, things for us. All right, and Coach McNeil says this team needs to learn how to win. Well, if you look at our schedule, um, we set it up, you know, for us to be successful, starting off at home with, with five home games. I mean, who doesn't like playing at home? You know, so I'm hoping with those five games will we'll build some confidence, um, will teach us how to win, you know, so that we can go into, you know, I have a, a certain amount of games that, you know, I'm hoping that we can win in non-conference, so we go into conference feeling really good about ourselves. Um, but starting at home, you know, building that chemistry, you know, still understanding how to win, you know, that's the goal. In these first five games, I want us to learn how to win. How to win, I don't think we've done that in the past. And I think the schedule has set us up to, you know, learn how to win and to understand how to win. All right. Uh, we'll have some more cuts from uh, these uh, ECU uh, events tomorrow on our Pirate Report. We've got Blake Harrell coming up in just a few minutes, but right now we've got a sports update on 94.3 The Game from our own Ben Byram. Guys, or uh, Ben, take it away. Thanks, Patrick. On the Inside ECU Athletics Coaches Show last night with Mike Houston, defensive standout Jara Wilson joined the voice of the ECU Pirates, Jeff Charles, at Logan's Roadhouse. He talked about how the locker room, how the locker room was like after that huge win over BYU. As you would imagine, everybody celebrating, dancing around, hype, just great atmosphere. Got win number six, bowl game, everything that came with it. The long trip, it was a, it was a great win. The, East, the Inside ECU Athletics Coaches Show comes your way every Monday at 6 o'clock right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94-3 the game. Also from Pirate Football, quarterback Holton Aylers is one of 40 players named to the Class of 2022 Davey O'Brien uh, Award launch list and award annually given to the best quarterback in the country. ECU Women's Basketball opens up play on Monday. The Pirates held their media day. Coach Kim McNeil talked about that this team needs to focus on what's ahead of them and what's in front of them. You know, uh, Tania was a, a, a great player for us, and I wish her all the best, you know, where she is now. But right now the focus is on these 15 women sitting right here. I'm not going in the past. I can't worry about the past. Um, I'm excited about this, this group. I think we have multiple kids sitting here that can average double figure for us throughout the year. And I think we got a couple that'll, you know, here and there average double figures for us. So, and that Ada Griffin football head coach Todd Light has announced he would step down after a tough start to the season for the Chargers. The NC High School Athletic Association soccer playoffs began Monday with several area teams moving on to the second round. J.H. Rose was among the first round winners beating Orange at home. Beach Conley, Farmer Central, and North Pitt were among the area teams to fall in the first round. The soccer playoffs continue tomorrow with the second round games. J.H. Rose one win away from a trip to the NCHSA Class 3 Volleyball State Championship game. The top seed Rampants will host second seed at Cedar Ridge in the 3A East Regional at 6 p.m. To, uh, or actually tonight following our show. Also at 6, Perquimans will host Roxborough Community in the Class 1A East Regional. And taking a look at what it happened at the NFL trade deadline today, the trade deadline has officially came and went. 
And former NC State running back Naheem Hobbs has been traded from the Colts to Buffalo in exchange for running back Zach Moss and a conditional fifth-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Also, another former Wolfpack player in Bradley Chubb has been traded from Denver to Miami in exchange for running back Chase Edmonds, a first-round draft pick and a fourth-round draft pick in the 2024 draft. Calvin Ridley, who is ex- who is suspended as we speak due to gambling issues, has been traded to Jacksonville for a second-round pick in the 2024 draft and a fifth-round pick in the 2023 draft. And Chase Claypool has been traded to Chicago. TJ Hawkinson, the tight end from the Detroit Lions, has been traded to the Vikings. And Roquan Smith, star linebacker for the Bears, has been traded to the Ravens. That's the latest from the NFL trade deadline, and that's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. This 94th through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting part student athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, this is a quick timeout. We'll hear from ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell with the P-Man on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And the Pirates. Play there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Optimum Business is here with 24-7 business customer support. Get closer to your goals so you can go farther with products like secure internet with speeds up to one gig. Learn more at Optimum.com slash business. New business customers only. Price includes auto pay discount. Additional restrictions, taxes, and fees apply. Visit website for details. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold, 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, back, back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Coach Blake Harrell is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. It's great to have him back on. Coach, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. Appreciate having me on. Yeah, always great to talk to you. What a year the Pirate defense is having. There's a lot of things we can get into here and will, but uh, the the bye week, the open week, kind of came at a good time, it seems like, for your group. It did. You know, you, you had uh, nine straight weeks of, of ball, and you even had preseason on top of that, about four weeks of that. So you need a, a week just to kind of catch your breath, reset, heal up your little bumps and bruises, and, and really refresh your mind, too, and get ready for this last, last little stretch of ball. You know, uh, let's start with the most recent outing, and that was BYU. Uh, fourth quarter, a couple of huge fourth down uh, stands for your team in particular. And even the goal line stands, I mean, this is something that the, the team has made uh, a real reputation for themselves defensively on this year. Now, I, I know you're going to say, how did they get down there to begin with? But let's just start <laughs> with the fourth quarter with BYU. I mean, to come up with those two uh, instances where you held them on fourth down in the fourth quarter in their uh, their stadium, that, that was some big time stuff. Yeah, well, first of all, what a special place to play. I mean, really cool atmosphere out there, and their fans are really into it. Packed the stadium out, and and against a really good football team too. I know they had struggled as of late against uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas, dropped a couple of losses there. But it's a team that you know preseason was talked about as a playoff team, possibly top top ten, top thirteen team. I beat Baylor in overtime and, um, you know, took took Oregon into the late fourth quarter there. So they played some good football down the stretch. And um, our thing going into the game was don't let Jaron Hall beat us. Right. And I think we held, we held him to 144 yards 
uh, passing the football. And he, he had a couple scrambles that added to the rushing game a little bit. But uh, for the most part, we shut down the passing game in the air. And then the fourth quarter, you know, it's just like, hey, don't don't give up the big play. Keep the ball in front of us. Make them learn everything. And that's what our guys did. And then comes down to a fourth and two. Um, they ran, ran a stretch play. And, and Chance Bates made a really nice stop. Some guys rallied to it and, and kept it. Uh, from crossing to a first down there, so be off the field there. And then, uh, you know, we, we had them backed up, I think, third and third and long there. They get mm-hmm. it to fourth and short. They try to quarterback sneak. Coach Tess made a really nice substitution. Uh, it was the, the ball was on our sideline, our hash. So it gets Jason Schubert on the on the field on, on fourth down, fourth and one, uh, bigger body. And they try to quarterback sneak it, and we, we stuff them right there and just do a really nice job of giving the ball back to our offense right at the 50. So, uh, those are two huge plays in the game in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line, you know, and, and guys really stepping up and playing their best football. Yeah, and, and it's another year where you're able to have a really healthy rotation, particularly up front. That's really key in, in today's college football if you're going to be good defensively. You've got to have some line depth. It, it is, and we just talked, you know, you can see offense is kind of wear down throughout the game. I mean, you, you see receivers who are really, really talented, really fast, 10, 500-meter guys that, you know, by the fourth quarter, they look more like 11 flat 100-meter guys. And our guys are still fresh and running around. Uh, same thing with d linemen. You know, we're able to get some pass rush. I think, you know, this week wasn't as, as successful as, as the previous two weeks. Right. The previous two weeks we had nine sacks, and a lot of those came late in the game, third and fourth quarter, when we were able to get to the passer, and their guys were a little bit tired, and we're still fresh. And, Chandra Mims and some of those guys are just creating havoc up front. So our depth has been has been special, and we always talk about in, in our defensive unit, it takes everybody, and it certainly does. It, it takes more than just eleven guys. We've been playing anywhere from twenty two to twenty five guys, rolling them in and out, and keeping those guys fresh. And it, it takes everybody to get this thing done. Pirate defensive coordinator Blake Harrell with us here this afternoon on the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. The, uh, the, the there was some instances earlier in the year where opponents would hit a big play on you that seems to have shored itself up is that again getting pressure on on the quarterback maybe the last few games that has helped on the back end yeah, or is it some adjustments you guys made on the back end well there's a couple of ways to take care of those right and some of it is you know um you're, you're giving up deep balls down the field you know maybe drop more guys in the coverage or maybe bring more guys on the pressure and get rid of the ball quicker. So that's, that's the two things we kind of focus on doing is how can we get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quicker, um, for one, whether it's uh, bringing a pressure, bringing a blitz, whatever it may be, or just stunting some things up front and get some guys free. Or can we, you know, do we need to drop an extra guy in the coverage, be over the top of everything, keep it in front of us, come up and tackle it. So those are the kind of two approaches we've taken um, and been pretty good for us down the stretch here. And guys done a really nice job. And, and, and the guys done a nice job of stepping up and making plays too. I mean, some of the plays that, were the 50-50 balls down the field that we didn't make in the, in earlier in the, in the season. We're making those plays yeah. now. So mm-hmm. it, it's a combination of several things there. We talked to Jeremy Lewis uh, earlier in the season. Uh, and, I mean, you, you don't want to get into the business of just naming names on because, I mean, there's there's so many guys uh, for this defense. I mean, we could we could talk forever. Um, but, I mean, uh, he he's – I mean, a, a special athlete, and he just seems like a really uh, – good guy to have in your pro. And I mean, look, there's a lot of these guys that are good guys that could turn it on. You, you don't need to be yeah. boy scouts on the field, but he in particular, Jeremy, and he's got, you know, 
he's just Jeremy just seems like a heck of a a really nice young man. He's great. I'm so proud of Jeremy Lewis and just not only the type of football player he is, but the type of young man he is, and just the way he handles himself off the field and as a man and as a you know yeah. being responsible for all he has going on um, and on the field. He just the, the passion and energy that he plays with is really special and it just really sets the tempo for our defense, whether it's in the pass rush, whether it's uh, stopping the run or whether it's dropping in the coverage. He, you know, he has the flexibility to do it all. And just, you know, super proud of him and what he brings to our defense and the job he's doing for us. And I think we're, we're still seeing some of Jeremy's best football ahead of him. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the stretch coming down the stretch here of uh, Cincinnati and Houston and Temple. I think if you look back, those are some of his better games a year ago. And I think it will be coming forward this November. We've got uh, Coach uh, Coach Blake Harrell, Pirate defensive coordinator, with us. Uh, Blake Harrell, uh, you know, it's funny, Coach. I'll talk to uh, you know, different, you know, guys that analyze the games for ESPN and, and that kind of thing, and uh, they they are really big fans of yours. A lot of those guys are. They say a lot of great things about you, which I, I know is is, is flattering. Uh, and, and but I mean, it's really what what you've done in the hard work of the kids that the reason the, the East people talk about the ECU defense. And, and, and I think that's a great thing. L- let me ask you a little bit about, and again, you, you hate to almost name names and pull out uh, specific guys, but Julius Wood is intriguing to me because he's a big safety um, and he's an experienced guy and coach Houston's described him as, you know, again, one of those nice guys, but look, when it's game day, he's got a different level, especially from the intensity side. So how did he wind up? And I know we've talked about uh, him in, in some of those recruiting shows before, but how did he wind up at, at, on ECU's radar and wind up as a pirate? Yeah, exactly what you said. Julius is off the field, you know, very polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. All, all those manners and, and does really job presenting himself and representing Pirate Nation off the field and on the field, he, he can flip that switch. And you see him making plays sideline, sideline, balls in the air. Uh, if he located the ball just a little bit better last week at BYU, I think he'd have another pick. It's been probably his third or fourth of the year. Um, and he's always coming up and sticking the running backs and, and doing those things. But, you know, he was a young man that um, a couple years ago we were looking for a safety and found him at the junior college, I think in Blinn, uh mm-hmm. Junior College out of Texas. And um, he's originally from Ohio, from the Columbus area. And it was actually during the uh, COVID recruiting period, just made a connection with him through, through Zoom. And, uh, you know, some of those Zoom Zoom recruiting, um, COVID recruiting was kind of a, you know, you're 50-50, a little bit of a crapshoot because you didn't get to do as much research search or meet a guy in person uh, and, you know, maybe do your homework as much as you would now. Um, so it really we really got, you know, fortunate that he worked out and, and been, been a blessing for us and just really proud of um, who, who he is and what he's doing for us on the field and just excited about the month of November for him. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Chandra Mims, but, uh, Chance Bates, there's another, had a big game against BYU. We heard from him afterwards on the air, um, on a Friday night, but th- there's someone else, uh, at, uh, FCS transfers come in and, and has really done great things for your team this year. Man, we, we, uh, we were really fortunate about the guys we brought in and added to our program. Just not, not only what they're doing on the field, but what they add to our locker room, a free Washington, Chance Bates. Uh, Sandre Mims, Jack Powers, all, all yep. those guys mm-hmm. have just been you know, unbelievable energy guys, the way they go attack practice every day. 
they don't they don't try to just slide through practice and get through the motions. They go attack it. They try to get better. Um, not only as individuals, but for our team, and, and they're all team guys. Uh, Chance is the same way. You know, if he starts, he's happy. If he doesn't start, he's happy. He's going to go give you his best, and he's going to go out there and try to make plays for the Pirates. And, and they do a really good job of just, you know, starting the game. They're here to be football guys and, and be student athletes. And just I'm proud of all those guys and the job they're doing and how they represent our, our football program and our defense. It's always great to have Coach Blake Harrell with us uh, here on the, the program. Ideally, Coach, how many guys – well, let me ask you this way. Maybe it's different for position group, but, I mean, we, with so many snaps now in college football, what's the ideal number of snaps – you know, for, for a guy in this defense be, so you can keep him fresh? Yeah, I, I think it depends on, on position. Um, you know, I think if you're at um, – if we're playing 60, 70 snaps a game, and that, that depends a little bit how the pace of the, ten, of the game is going. Is it fast pace? Is it tempo? You know, last week at BYU, we didn't talk about it much, but maybe the altitude, you try to rotate guys a little faster just to make sure the altitude wasn't affecting them. Um, especially early in the game. And, and we rotate guys early in the game, too, just to kind of make sure we're fresh mm-hmm. in third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at linebacker, if you're playing, um, you know, 65, 70 snaps, you would like to keep a guy under about 45 snaps, just knowing, hey, those 40, 40 to 45 snaps, he's full speed. Um, you know, at D-line, it, it may be 30 snaps. Gotcha. Um, yeah. and he plays half the game and, and kind of rotate around there. At safety, it, it may be – those guys are a little bit more cardio shape. Maybe they can go, um, you know, 90% of the snaps and, and, and so on and so forth. So it, it varies each position, um, you know, in some, some places where the, the the depth of the backup is just as good as a starter and, and maybe some other positions you have a guy that he's not quite as experienced as a starter. Um, so you still want to get him in the game and get him rotating, but, you, you know, you really like having that starter in there too. So it, it varies every position. Um, at the end of the day, we want to make sure we, we have the best players on the field and, and you know, and get us an opportunity to go win a game. How are these goal line stands manifesting themselves? I mean, because a lot of that is you just got to want to keep them out of the end zone, isn't it? Definitely. You know, it's a, it's a mindset and a mentality. And I think you, we, we said this when we first got here is put the ball down. You know, put the ball down mentality. And, and it originally started with a sudden change. We're on the field. We had to go get a stop. You know, we have to turn the ball over. Something happened, whatever it may be, and, and put the ball down our backs against the wall. And it's really carried into the red zone as well. It's like, put the ball down. Let's get a stop. Let's keep points off the board, and, and let's go make a play here. And, and really, if you think about the first drive last week, um, pre Washington, you know, they, they break break loose on a fourth down. Mm-hmm. Uh, on yeah. the post ball in the end, end zone, and he gets a penalty. Well, we talk about, hey, that penalty actually saved us four points. I mean, they get a, you know, instead of getting a, of a touchdown there, uh, we hold them to a field goal. And uh, that's kind of a put the ball back down mentality. New, new set of downs, let's keep them out of the end zone. That's exactly what we did. We were able to hold them to a field goal. And at the end of the game, those four points were huge. I mean, it, it really yeah. won the game for us. Uh, and then Cincinnati's up next. Uh, you, you get the, the open week prior to that. How much uh, time have you devoted or will you devote to Cincinnati this week? And, and what are the things you'll be kind of doing uh, this week defensively, but also the program's doing to, to give guys the adequate rest they need? Yeah, I, I think every, every single second you're awake, you're thinking about Cincinnati and you're prepping for Cincinnati, game plan for Cincinnati. You know, hey, what have they done well? What haven't they done well? How can we attack them? How, what, once, 
what's going to be our, our defensive mindset as far as, you know, game plan, how we're going to go about it and how we're going to get the run stopped and their favorite pass and stop. So we're, we're doing all that this week as coaching staff and also with our players and just saying, hey, here's their top uh, formations, here's their top plays, and here's what, how we want to align those things, and how, here's how we want to play them. So making sure we understand those. Um, but at the same time, as you mentioned, we got to make sure that we are, with our players especially, we're getting back to full speed, getting our legs back under us, taking care of our bodies. Uh, you may take a few reps off to some guys that have had a lot of reps um, in practice this week, but still get them the necessary work um, to be successful next Friday night. And, and then you just kind of go back. It's a good time to, as well. Go back to some individual periods and work your fundamentals, work your basics, and, and make sure we're getting back to some good tackling, good, you know, um, block disruption and, and doing those type of things. So it's a good week in the bye week to, to kind of for guys to catch their breath, but also get back to your fundamentals, hit those one, up once again because you know you're going to need them down the stretch here. Is there a lot of work this week with uh, young guys that maybe haven't cracked the rotation yet that are on the verge of it or, or just giving some guys some, you know, maybe better <laughs> good on good reps kind of thing for these yeah. younger guys? Is there some of that yeah, going sir. Yeah, certainly. Coach, coach will build in a, a, a period or so in practice and uh, maybe a little bit more as the week goes on uh, of guys that uh, young guys that maybe developmental, you know, younger guys just need a few extra reps and let them get a little little work on each other and, and, and maybe have a little uh, a mini scrimmage there on Thursday of just those guys going at it a little bit. And it's always fun to kind of watch those young guys that maybe haven't got a chance to hit the field yet, but you know one day they're going to be really good players. And, and then, you know, what's where they've developed from August to now and see, you know, they're no longer true freshmen. They're more like sophomores uh, or second year players at, at the end of the season, especially where our bye week is falling. Yeah, absolutely. Hey coach, thank you for the time. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Uh, love yeah, uh, talking to you. Pat. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you, coach Harold. Continued success to you guys. Appreciate it. Go Pirates. ECU athletics note for you. Purple gold world series for ECU baseball this weekend at Clark LeClaire stadium. The game times have been set Friday at three 30. Saturday at 11.30 a.m., and then 12 noon Sunday, followed by Meet the Pirates at approximately 2.15 at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. We have uh, with us tomorrow, looking forward to having uh, Donnie Kay, Donnie Kirkpatrick, going to be with us, Pirate Offensive Coordinator. Plus, we'll check in with our guy Brian Mull, uh, college basketball and golf uh, writer. Uh, later on in the week, uh, we'll have uh, Coach Kim McNeil on talking about the uh, upcoming season for ECU women's basketball and uh, our visit Thursday with Jim Zoki. Uh, ben will have uh, things for you on Friday as I will be out, and then uh, some days next week we'll tell you more about that. Uh, thanks to uh, Blake Harrell for being on with us again. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Cookie. And we'll uh, catch you tomorrow, 5 o'clock on the Patrick Johnson Show. <laughs>